Hey, Eric. Hey, Chris. Did you know that we have a Patreon page? What's it called? It's called patreon.com slash retro am. You can go there and support us if you like. It might be nice. You can get some extra content there. We have a lot of it up now. Yeah, there is a lot of it up now. It's June. It's reality. This is reality. Let's go. Hey, would you also like to hear some hot sounds that I recorded? Let's listen to them. Yes. Welcome to Retrograde Amnesia, a comprehensive podcast about Xenogears. Tonight, we shall combine science, mysticism, and apocrypha to produce a completely serious podcast that has no curse words in it. My name is Chris. I am joined tonight by my fellow co-host, my friend, Eric. Hey, Eric. People who see me a lot before speaking to me assume I'm deathly serious all the time. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Okay. It's just something I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't, my shoes have holes in them. What are you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. I'm like, Chris, you're so laid back. I'm like, you didn't see me yell at my kid yesterday. Yeah. I'm sweating right now <laughs> through my clothes. Yeah. So uh, this time we're kind of picking up in the middle of Above Mahanan. Yeah, we, uh, we, we left off in, in a... Well, before, before we get there, mm-hmm. I have an egregious oversight. Okay. I would like to talk about. Let's, let's talk about an egregious oversight or a correction. Briefly. Uh, remember when we talked uh, in the last episode about the... I think you described it as the science mystic hologram. Yes. That looks like a bunch of seals or whatever. And, and that was when the Geisha, the Geisha key, key. Yeah, it's below the Gazel technosphere. The fake net, I think, clarified that and talked about how the original Japanese words at that point in time were called, were the lesser Geisha key, I mm-hmm. think, or lesha, lesser Goisha key. Initializing fake net. I said it was the lesser key of Solomon, an anonymous 17th century grimoire, which is also known as the Goisha. Are you uh, saying the fake net was wrong? What? No, no, the fake net was completely right. I am always right. I just this is just an, a, a bit of an oversight. That okay. We, we talked about how the Lesser Key of Solomon is a apocryphal book from like the 17th century or something of that nature, but we didn't talk about what's inside of it. Oh, is it words? Yes. Okay. What do those words say? Do you know Chris? what go? I don't. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I forgot to look at the pronunciation. Don't say goatsy. Uh, I will not. The Goetia is a practice that includes the conjuration of demons. That, oh, so persona. Yeah, it, that's that's the stuff that's in like the uh, the Alistair Crawley like oh the yeah, good shit yeah the yeah. good shit so yeah. uh, we we kind of overlooked that a little bit magic and, with a K yeah it kind of works in that kind of works in the a context bit. that it was used yeah. yeah yeah although they're reviving God it, it maybe like if you're looking at the God that they are trying to revive by turning humans into these parts that God. It's probably not the real one. It's mm-hmm. probably closer to the to to the devil. By the way, we did a Patreon episode on like Satan and and its influences on yeah. this. So check that out if you want to hear us talk about that more. Insert but, key summon demon. Yeah. So this chapter is called Above Mahanan. It is because we are uh, above Mahanan, I guess. Right. What is the original title, Chris? Is it Assassinate the Emperor? Okay. Attack of the Clone. <laughs> or Fallen Emperor. Um. Didn't we already kill the emperor? I mean, didn't Ramses already kill Cain? Hey, man, study guide said it was called 
I, we never really know when these chapters begin and end because yeah. of uh, of the way it's worked. So I'm going to go with uh, Assassinate the Emperor. It is indeed Assassinate the uh. Emperor and not Attack of the Clone. <laughs> yeah. Attack of the Clone works. It works really well. Yeah. So we had a brief disagreement about where this chapter ended last time. And Chris, we had just, the Ellie and Faye just had a fight. Ellie stormed out. This is technically where Above Mahanon starts and where the previous chapter ended. But Chris had already discussed a little bit of this chapter on the podcast. I think I had one thing to, like, Chris talked to the people in the gun room. Yeah. Before we're going to check up on Ellie. And the only thing I don't remember Chris saying is Margie's advice to Faye here, where she said, don't run away, be a man and confront the problem. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Be a Which, man. Yeah. Yeah, I that, mean, Margie later turns into a feminist, so I'm not sure why she said that here. But yeah, yeah. she is kind of like a romance novel character when yeah. she says that stuff, as opposed to someone who actually has autonomy to make their own decisions. But hey, you know what? Faye did fuck up. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I think and, and we kind of left off at a point to where, well, I mean, yeah, it, Faye and Ellie just had a big argument about Faye not wanting Ellie to go fight because she would endanger herself and so many people. She's becoming a figurehead that people look up to, and Faye. Which is kind of an asshole man thing, doesn't want the lady to get hurt. Yes, it is the the very definition of teenage boy being very misogynistic towards yes. his unofficial girlfriend. Thinking that he's being romantic and chivalrous. You don't think the way I do, therefore I I have the right to get yes. mad at you. That's the way he's thinking right I now. I know what's best for you, young lady. That's the what we do. I mean, we're both... We, we, we've both been teenage males and we've probably oh, yeah. at least I'm, maybe not an asshole, maybe not externalized that, but we've thought that way. I'm sure as, as part of our, yeah, everything you know about relationships at that point is gleaned from terrible movies and yeah. uh, television shows and Xenogears and Xenogears. Yeah. yeah. This uh, most likely had an influence on my fuck. So what do you do when you go and make an ass of yourself in front of your significant other and they run away and, and all your friends are watching? What do you do? Uh, well, you reinforce your beliefs and double down on everything no. and never admit your <laughs> No. No. You save. You save. You save. You save. And what, what is a real life save point, Chris? <laughs> an apology. You make an apology. Callback. You have uh, to go. Yeah. But I don't think really, I'm not necessarily sure that Faye does that here. So. He doesn't really. Part of my canon here is that, first of all, like, okay, I made my girlfriend, even though she's not really my girlfriend, but I, I made my love interest mad. She ran away. I went, and she, I went and saved. Yes. Then, instead of going downstairs to talk to her, I just jumped over the fucking balcony yeah. because I got to get it done. <laughs> talk to old Mason and immediately jump over the balcony. Yeah. Where did she go? She went into her room. She went to Marie's room. Maria's room. That's where Maria hangs out. Oh, really? Yeah. Has Ellie ever had a room? I don't think so. Weird. If she has, well, you know what? She's always been in my party. Uh, so maybe she's always hanging out in that room with me. But that is definitely Maria's room. I think maybe Ellie is there too. I okay. I could be wrong. That changes the context of some things I observed later <laughs> okay. about what they were doing in Maria's room. Oh, well, I mean, hey, we all have our own canon, right? Yeah, so Lost Broken Shards plays. Yes, it does. Or Shattering Egg, egg of Dreams. Damn it. Initializing fake net. It's Shattering Egg of Dreams. Both of those songs sound a lot the same, uh, so we could both be right. But okay. I think it played on a loop. Lost Broken Shards plays once and then ends, usually. So, anyway... The song played. Faye tries to apologize, and he is very awkwardly explaining the fact that the remaining people on Earth need Ellie. Yeah, he says they're all becoming one, and does he mean they're all coming together as a unit or literally merging into the parts for God? Like, he has to mean the former of that, right? He has to mean the former, but like, maybe he... Uh, unconsciously... I mean, we will not ascribe intent here, intent here, but yeah. He asks for forgiveness, basically. Yes. She is needed as a, a quote, a, as a light to guide us. Yes. And we get a little bit more of that banter, and then he says something troublesome. He uh, says, it, yeah? 
Oh, I've got, but go ahead. Yeah. Let's says, see if we got the same line. Yeah, he says, and now your body doesn't just belong to you alone anymore. Yep, that's what I wrote down. I have two comments under this line. Let's go. I have uh, phrasing. Yeah. And I also have, also, also, I have, um, this ain't it, chief. Yeah, <laughs> this ain't it, chief is a perfect response. It's like, oh, man, you know, I understand what you're saying here because I'm an omniscient third party. However... I don't know if you should ever say that line to a woman no uh, under any circumstance even if she is the physical reincarnation of the woman that is going to make the make christ whole again yeah then e- even even then you don't say that oh boy yeah, th- yeah. that happened i was like oh gosh Faye. uh maybe not maybe not here but he yeah. tried that to convince her not to endanger her body by yeah. fighting and dying in it I have a line from Ellie here. It says, uh, it's funny, isn't it? We used to be enemies, but now we're together like this. Ellie explains that she once mistook the fact that she was running away with Faye, like Faye was her running away partner, as love. They were both trying to escape together. Running away from problems does not equal love, is what Ellie is saying here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, that's a harsh reality that she throws in Faye's face right there. A complex set of emotions saying, my feelings for you may not be genuine, sir. It could be yeah. the product of my external circumstances. Exactly. That's probably a better way to say it. But now she can she can face her problems now. Do you read anything when she said it's funny, isn't it, that it wasn't with her portrait? It was it stepped outside the dialogue box? Oh, no, I didn't notice that. I just thought that was a weird yeah. kind of flourish there. That happens a little bit in, in, in some of the upcoming scenes as well. She also, she, she talks about how she can face her problems and she says, It's not because I need you as a sanctuary for my problems. I need you because I truly love you. So I think before she was saying, I-, I felt like I loved you because you were the one that I was with when I was running away from everything. But now I don't need you for that shit. I actually love you independent of the circumstance. Yeah, she, the beginning of this speech she, she, that she is giving Faye originally sounds like, are you breaking up with me? You know, the kind of stuff that where a girl starts, or a woman or your partner starts lifts, listing off all of your problems. To yeah, you yeah. And why this is a bad idea. Which kind of makes me ask the question, is their relationship toxic and unsalvageable? It, it but, does. That particular line, though, feels exceptionally heavy and or deep. But but is it? I mean... The one about, like, you're... It's more introspection than this game usually has. That's true. At least from... In my opinion. Like, from, trying from, to... From Ellie or Faye, at least. Yeah, from mistaking love and the relationship and how it developed and trying to, like, actually analyze where her feelings are coming from toward this amnesiac. Yeah. Ellie then has a feeling that uh, they'll never see each other again, and Faye says, don't worry, I won't die. Which, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ellie says that's not it, but that she's being torn apart by something she can't resist. But yeah, don't worry, I, I won't die is some real uh, primitive kind of observations here, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Only if you could promise me you'll never die. You know I can't promise that. If you did that, I would make love to you right now. I promise I will never die. Some, she, some, some deep foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> not, the main character's not going to die, guys. When she says that she can see them as being full individuals, Faye is sort of his own person now, that he's self-conscious or self-aware of his limitations mm-hmm. as a person. So I think that does strike genuine. Right. Yeah. So then Faye kind of moves on to his own problems. And he says, quote, Let's talk about me now. Yeah. Hey. Listen, I get it, but hold on. I got my own problems. And and to be fair with Faye, he does have his own problems. Uh, he says, there is another me. Id is within me. I fear that at any moment I may awaken within me. 
you're the only one that has been able to keep me from giving in to id. Which is true. No, it's not. Torah made that shit, suppressed it. Well, yeah, true. True. That's very true. Also, I have a question but, about... But, but at the moment, on top of the Yggdrasil, like towards the end of disc one, id was on a rampage. And the oh, only yeah. thing that stopped id at that point in time was Ellie. Crumpled it. My question is, with Faye concerned about losing Ellie, is he concerned about losing Ellie to Sophia? Like the Sophia persona would overwrite the Ellie personality and essentially erase the person that he knew for this short period of time. Interesting. I don't know if he has that much. I mean, we've seen Faye have some, an additional level of interiority within disc two. Yeah. But the Faye that I know. My Faye. My Faye. My Faye. Maybe perhaps doesn't necessarily think that, that Ellie is, can, can handle what they're up against. And that, that, that's unfair to Ellie. Yeah. But. I think that's how he thinks. At least that's how I'm reading him. I just don't know if, like, she'll become Sophia or if she eventually just grows into Sophia because she's meant to be Sophia. I mean, it kind of feels like that, though, yeah, right? Yeah, it feels like the latter. Especially definitely. the sword scene, the, but, the sword blood dripping scene that, yeah. we, that we talked about recently. But Faye doesn't necessarily know that because he's Faye. Yeah, that's true. He then steps closer to Ellie and promises that he will return. Yeah, she, he, and he wants Ellie to be the reason that he returns, to be the home that he can return to. Yes, then it is time for an anime kiss. Yeah, we get yeah an anime scene where they look at each other and their eyes glow and they do a kiss. They do it, and then there is uh, some implied sex here. Well, no, it blue screens, and then the animation on the pixels makes them kiss, or the the sprites. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and then the sprites embrace, and the camera like classically moves up and fades out. Yeah. Before we get to the, they just fucked in Marie's room is my next note. But <laughs> now that it's also her room, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? They did. That's weird. She's a minor. So what you guys doing here? <laughs> So, before we talk about that, though, the lead up to all this, it was very... You think uh, it was earned? Their no, it was scene. messy as shit. Yeah. And that's how these things tend to work. I mean, teenage relationships that eventually lead to sex are never really based on anything that mattered. Exactly. Um, and I'm not going to necessarily... Like, it's not our place to speculate on the intent of this scene, but that's how it reads to me. It's like, this is gross, awkward teen makeup sex instead of the, like... The thing I think the game wants us to believe later on, like where where they're becoming one flesh and there's this holy sacrament that is occurring. These are adults making rational decisions. Yeah, here in Maria's room, uh, a sacrament is occurring. No, mm-hmm. it's just gross, awkward teen makeup sex that has happened because of the various circumstances that have have led us to this point. So yeah, I, I think that's how it reads. As long as Faye didn't call her Alice, I think he's in good shape. Yeah. Absolutely true. So then uh, we wake up and nude Ellie. She is, has an orange blanket. Yeah. Nude Ellie with orange blanket was watching over Faye while he was asleep. Dude, it looks like she's wearing a hot dog costume. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. But the best part of this is she's like waking up underneath the blanket nude and Faye is fully dressed at the foot of the bed, just staring at her with all the lights on. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> This isn't like post-coital next morning or next 10 minutes. Yeah. This isn't what you do. No, but... I think it's implied that he was about to leave and try not to wake up. Yeah, I think so. And as he leaves, he gives gives Ellie a pendant that he's always had. But before that, Ellie says she stayed up all night. Oh, really? Yeah, she said she she, uh, stayed up all night. She's been awake all along and watched Faye as he slept. And then he just goes, well, well, I'm off. Oh. And then he says, all right, then do be careful. Then Faye gives Ellie the pendant. Ah, what pendant is this, Chris? It's the, the pendant. 
that was on him. It was the... The one that's been dangling in the background for all the chair scenes? Yeah, but did we know he had that? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. We heard it. We, we first saw it in the um, anime cutscene in Lahan Village when it was dangling back and forth. But I guess we didn't necessarily know for sure that it was in his possession. Yeah, I thought it was symbolic. Yeah, it's actually, that's interesting where it's a symbolic thing that's like, oh no, this has been with our character this entire time in his pocket. Yeah. So let's briefly uh, unpack uh, the scene. Uh, what were your feelings towards this, like the, the, the sex scene when you were a kid, a teen? Cool, there's sex in a video game. Yeah, That's me it. too. That is it. I don't think I'd seen that before. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you, except for I probably read this as, like I said before, like a momentous sacrament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some consummation of the love. The most important thing that's ever happened. Yeah, but now I'm reading it as like, this is just awkward. Yeah, forced. Yeah. Not necessarily awkward as a, as a, as a plot device, but like the relationship that, that, that both Faye and Ellie have had at this point and the particular like circumstances that led to this coitus mm-hmm. were awkward yeah so that's actually my next note is this is supposed to be presented as awkward as hell yeah it feels it feels that way to me so faith super awkwardly says goodbye ellie says thank you then he walks to the door his sprite twists and looks at her one last time and then he just leaves yeah which is an interesting way to like kind of take one last look and then leave yeah so then we get to a new scene right oh uh, one more thing faith hints that that pendant belongs to someone else and then Oh, Ellie accepts it. Okay. Yeah. And it's weird. Ellie agrees to like hold it for him. Like, yeah, like when you get back, I'll, I'll have it for you. He's like a lure to don't, yeah, don't go dying on me. I feel you like you wouldn't die. I feel like we've seen that, that particular trope in everything mm-hmm. ever. Like I'll be back, hold my ring for me or hold my whatever for me. Yeah. My handkerchief. This will make me come back and not go out and die. Yeah, sure. It will. I'll remember this when I'm in my darkest hour. Not because I'm the main character of this game, but because you have this. So next. Nissan the, Bridge. Yes, we're on the Nissan. The, I, I, I've dubbed this bridge the Talking Bridge. Oh, we, yeah. We've had many conversations, I think, between Bart and Faye, Bart and Sigurd, Bart and Sighton, maybe. Who knows? But there's been a lot of conversations that it had on this bridge. Who, who's talking on this bridge? <laughs> Ellie and Margie. Okay. Uh, this is the first time they've ever talked alone in this video game. Really? I think so. When else would they have done that? That's true. And that happens kind of a lot in the yeah. next couple of sequences. Just being close to a person is not in self an indication of love, is it? Asks Ellie. And Margie, like, she suddenly becomes this, like, feminist voice in the game yeah. here. And we haven't, I don't think we've had that to this point. But she explains that men are selfish and often relegate women to the sidelines by saying it's too dangerous. Like, yeah, you can tell she's gotten this shit from Barton. That's true. Yeah. She's gotten it enough to where she has enough interiority to where she can be like, oh, yeah, this is how the world has taught mm-hmm. Bart and all other men to be is to say women stand to the side, let them and handle it, which is an interesting sort of callback to the original Ramses battle when yeah. Bart was facing off with Ramses and Miang and Margie were at the side. So yeah. she is like very providing aid. Yeah. She has very explicitly experienced that up to this point and has something very interesting to say but, here, which is, it's funny that she gets that because th- th- she gets that level of, of introspection because the game itself doesn't have that l- yeah. level of introspection. It's weird. Yeah. She's not excusing it. She's just calling out his bullshit and saying like, Hey, w- this, well, she's not providing a solution. I think she's providing solidarity with Ellie at this point to yeah. say, Hey, this happens to me too. The world isn't fair. Yeah. It's a really great, a uh, really great line. I'll, yeah. I'll it's like actually a pretty good exchange. I'd be curious if the original translation maintained that level of integrity for Margie. Ellie says that everyone wants there to be somebody waiting for them. And she says, men try to tough it out as much as they can. And then some, they're cute when they do that, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a way of maybe poking fun at the, uh, 
the folly of man, maybe. Yeah. At some point, Margie tells us that she can't help us anymore. And how do you read that? Well, maybe Margie's just talking about how, like, I can no longer be the manager because you have those blue save points now. That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. It was like, sorry, you've got blue save cubes now. Yeah. I don't, you don't need me. Uh, cool. I'm glad we are of one mind because I had not thought about that until this end. And uh, like, you kind of get the impression that Ellie's saying goodbye to Margie here too, because yeah. she says they both have things to do and that they should pray. They all come back safely. Yeah. And it's interesting too, when, when, when Ellie mentions praying for the safe return, Margie says to God and Ellie says, no, to your innermost feelings that everyone believes in. And uh, that could have been written better. It could have been written better, but you know what? What? When you channel Sophia, yeah. you get Gnosis. Like, okay. That is a very Gnostic sort of frame of mind there. It's like, don't worry about this external God, worry about within. Well, no, I, I mean, the message is solid. The language used to present it is a little bit basic. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I agree with like, you. Like, you could have found a better way, to, a more eloquent way to state that. It, so, it, it is at that point where Margie figures yeah. that, that Ellie is a reincarnation of Sophia. But as that is a verbatim um, from the Nissan sex teaching. How many more Elias Sophia fucking things do we need here? We've had like 12, Well, a dozen. Like they're laying it on pretty thick, man. They are laying it on thick. I think the, the, the sword blood one was a little on the nose, but it was good. Giving like, herself flashing into Sophia's clothes over and over. being the Well, Nissan. I'm not. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm just talking about the act of, of dripping the, the, the oh, sword. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was the, more symbolic. The, yeah. I, I like that, and I like this scene, but you're right. A lot of the other stuff that we've seen to this point is just... I mean, Xenogear, as we've talked about it, is definitely foreshadowing the game, so... Yeah, it is. But, I mean, it gets... it gets The longer the game go, goes on, the better it gets about doing that in a, I guess, a reasonably rationed mm. manner, I think. Then it pulls out for a little bit, and Ellie talks about remote viewing. <laughs> okay. Did you have that scene where, like, it... It pulls out from the Nissan bridge yeah. and then it's like a scenic overview and Ellie states that she knew what was in the rooms before she had been in them. Yeah. Which is saying, you know, she's recalling her past life about all that stuff. Yeah. And then Ellie says that she would have laughed at this before, but she believes it now. She can do things now that she couldn't do then. Yeah. So that's interesting, I think. It states that Sophia is necessarily a statement of ideals and personality, but that she can inherit the visual memory of that as well. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of passing your memories forward and kind of... It's kind of a form of immortality too, right? Agreed. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so that was the end of that chapter, Eric. We think so. We the think. chapters get kind of timey-wimey here. Yeah. Where there's no, there's a couple that are not even adjoined to save points. So we're just kind of guessing at where they're going to be. So we're going to start the Paradise chapter now. Yes, we are headed to Paradise, I guess. That's right. Chris, is Paradise actually called Finding True Eden, Returning to God's Resting Place, or Going Back to the Paradise of the Gods? I feel like you put going back to the paradise of the gods to trick me. What do you think, Chris? So, repeat the first one for me, please. Finding true Eden. Yeah, that one. Finding true Eden. Chris, you're wrong. Oh. Buzzer noise. It's going back to the paradise of the gods. Oh. The one that you thought I included to trick you. You fool. Thank you, Eric. So now... Yeah. Now we're, uh, the camera positions us above a mossy landmass, which is the thing that just rose up from the sea. Yeah. It does. It's Omen weird. starts playing. It does, and, and we're going to hear Omen a lot. But there's a propulsion noise in the background, too, because our Yggdrasil is flying. Apparently, the Did Yggdrasil... Did you mention where the hell the four... The, the Yggdrasil, were you about to say that? The, the Yggdrasil four went? We're back in the three? Oh, no. They did not... No. Go ahead. Okay, that's it. I don't know. Yeah, it, the Yggdrasil four, the giant transforming robot, it's yeah. gone. Got all fucked up. We do not have time for this right now. Solaris um, crashed into it. We get some narration that the Yggdrasil has driven back the forces of Solaris that has taken to the floating continent of Mahanan. Yes. 
It is, um... I, I, we missed a lot of battles here mm-hmm. and things happen here. Instead, yeah. instead, that is condensed into the narration of, of Disc 2 doing what it does. But there's a very clear thing as it zooms in on this giant landmass. Indeed, it is the central hull of a colossal spacecraft with a diameter of at least 40 kelts. Is kelts a real thing? Initializing Faket. A kelt is any salmon or sea trout that has spawned. I'm not sure. Okay. We keep talking about that, but did you... Was your obscured pixel emulation, did it read what was on the side of the ship? Oh, yeah. It says Eldritch. Yes. Is 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 that a, um, is Eldritch a, um, what's that one guy's name? H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah. That's Eldritch. Eldritch. I'm sure that might be a localization error. We should probably the fake net look that up. Initializing fake net. From the fandom wiki, Eldritch is likely simply a reference to God in the sense that El means God and can be used to refer to the God of the Hebrew Bible. This would make sense as the Eldridge is also transporting a god, Deus. In addition, El Ihim was also on the Eldridge. Thank you, Fignet. I meant to do that myself, but I didn't do it. I love you. Please find a way to love me back. We get some narration with some lore that we probably could have discovered like by pressing buttons on computers if this game was completed. Mm-hmm. But some kind of accident 10,000 years ago forced this spaceship to crash onto our planet. Yes. The narrator, whoever that may be at this point, I'm not really quite sure who the narrator is. I'm going to assume Faye. I'm going to assume Sidon based on his personal investigation of a computer later. Yeah, that's true. The narrator wonders if this is where our ancestors came from. Yeah. And then the the money quote here is, Seeking God and his divine wisdom, Raziel's tree, which is said to lie here in Mahanan, we proceeded further. So two things. One, that we forgot that when a... The, the narration is doing all of that. There is a panning shot of the command room where yeah. the captain and uh, all of his uh, assistants initialize the fake net. Omega-1 restarting. Oh, yeah. And talk, like There is a, a, po- a polygonal rendering of that room that wow. is just is sitting idle, which is an interesting touch. And then you mentioned about Raziel's tree. Do you have what this is interpreted from from the study guide? No. Would you like to hear it? Yes. This is a misspelling of Raziel, an archangel within the teachings of Jewish mysticism of the Kabbalah, who is the keeper of secrets and the angel of mysteries. He stands close by God's throne and therefore hears and writes down everything that is said and discussed. He purportedly gave the book to Adam and Eve after they ate from forbidden tree of knowledge of good and evil, which resulted in their expulsion from the Garden of Eden, so the two could find their way back home and better understand their God. The Raziel computer in the game is thus a fitting metaphor. Interesting. Thank you for that study guide. So, what the hell? Uh, well, I mean, we, we we know that like foundationally, this game is is the structure of the of the game story is built both around Gnosticism and Jewish mysticism. So, yeah. but just you, this computer here, yeah, that they stumble upon, you know, it's secret after secret after secret, and this appears to be the mother of all secrets. Yeah, this is the mother of all lore dumps. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is this is a lore, a real live lore dump that is not being delivered by a man in a chair. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so before we move on, I, I have a question. Uh-huh. Do we, so I, I kind of have, have already wondered if we missed some cool battle scenarios here. Possibility. To like fight some Solaris gears or something. But we also maybe lucked out and we did not, and we we, we missed out on a an additional like shoot 'em up sequence, like Vandercom sequence. Oh yeah, having to invade this thing. Yeah. So maybe we got lucky by just getting the lore dumped on us and then moving on there. So Omen continues to play, and the scene resumes. And we get a party menu. We do. Oh yeah, we get a, a, a brief save, don't we? 
I don't know if it saves. Oh, yeah. Just, no, it may, it may just be. I'm not sure. But we get a chance to like, it is implied there is a battle coming up. Yeah, indeed. The scene resumes and uh, <laughs> they don't really lead us. They don't slowly drip this lore upon us because they didn't have time to do that. We clearly exit a dungeon as an elevator door closes. Yeah, we are definitely at the boss. Yeah. Right away. We had no traversal to traverse, for lack of a better term, and we're there. Not even like an animorelic airlock thing. Very likely we are missing like a slow lore dripping dungeon with like a lot of like terminals and stuff. Yeah, we're inside an industrial blue container area. And then what emerges from the center? In the middle of this giant tube, there is a a huge uh, turtle gross thing. Turtle gross thing. That's good. And a giant tank of, of liquid or it's water. Like ice. Yeah. It appears to be standing upright. The the its the, hands are crossed on its chest, and its face is human like. The quote here from the narrator is: "In the depths, we saw an alien form. It was partially rotted and petrified. A giant, grotesque being." Talking about me. It gave off an explicable air of intimidation. Or perhaps it was more than a gut reaction. And perhaps it was the fear of the absolute that came from the very depths of our inherited instincts. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure what those lines were alluding to. But I have two guesses. Like, I didn't realize, like, e- even for playing, having played this game, this is like the second time I've played it. And I didn't know necessarily what I was going to see here, but I still kind of got a, like a weird gut feeling. Yeah. Maybe that was because I know what this thing is, mm-hmm. or maybe it's because it has a person face. Yeah. Or maybe it's because like- It's sinister. It's in a funeral pose with its arms crossed, or maybe it's because this is the first time I, the first thing I saw in Xenogears, like after the coronavirus yeah, outbreak, right. like maybe this is a, a, that oh, shit. that's what's making me uneasy. This I don't know. weapon. Yeah. I'm not really sure. My, but the answer comes, like you said, when after you press X, it goes to the next line. And, and that, that line that you mentioned, which I'm going to read again, yeah. because it fucking terrifies me for some reason, perhaps it was the fear of the absolute that came from the very depths of our inherited instincts. Is that a a reference to the, like, the limiters? Remember how we, yeah. we, we had limiters to, like, Faye and friends had limiters to make us afraid of of Cain and in the Gazel ministry like is the fear of this thing the, built in through like us eating people or is it is is that in there because of our innate humanity I think it's in there the innate humanity line would be the primal fear thing where you see a threatening predator and the flight or f- the fight or flight thing kicks in yeah but my guess for this isn't due to the limiters it is due to their inherent programming because of spoilers they are human beings built from a certain source that arrives with that, I guess, yeah. DNA, mod- DNA modification mm-hmm. built in. The things that we're going to find out from the computer later, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. Like, yeah, that's, that's what true. I'm pretty sure that it is a primal fear, but it's not one that you or I would necessarily share. Also, I do I do really ascribe now to the fact that it is Saiten that is that is narrating this because I wrote down Faye is saying all this shit. Wow. I can't. Yeah. There's no, his vocabulary isn't so unless, unless he's remembering these things and yeah. he's an older Faye or something, yeah. but it, it's very inconsistent in terms of how that, that dialogue happens. So. Yeah. So we're looking at this thing in this case and it's like, damn shit, that's nuts. Yeah. Downward dog time now. Mm. What? Well, it's going to go downward dog and, and, and it wants to fight. And I'm not really sure if the glass breaks. It just kind of like does it. As it falls, 
after that glass breaks, it's like lower appendages break off and the glass shatters and like the shell is actually revealed to be massive wings on its back. Yeah. Like it's, its turtle shell doubles as like armor wings. Yeah. I, I also wrote down turtle shell wings and the thing is sort of like, it, it also has like a very, I guess a spinal looking tail. Yeah. It's got and segments. The whole like a, fucking thing is like the color of bone, but also it yeah. has this like weird, I don't know if it's a hundred percent a person's face, but remember the face yeah. that we saw on like on, on the death scythe? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. It looks a little bit like the Mars face. Yeah. It's not, it's maybe the most terrifying arthropod I've ever seen. Like if the game were rendered at modern 1440p uh, resolution, it would, the face would look much better, but the 480, whatever this thing is actually in. Yeah. Makes it low resolution and twice as terrifying it's like those uh, the creatures in silent hill aren't especially well rendered but they're all terrifying yeah it has that energy to it i don't remember being terrified of this particular model uh back when i originally played it but maybe that's just because now i know what it is yeah yeah you have some foresight to that yeah so the the battle begins here night of fire it is night of fire it is time for night of fire this is a boss battle when you hit this thing it 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 doesn't like that it bleeds water yeah (laughs) and it heals itself yes it Uh, heals itself what sixteen thousand hp if you hit it finally we uh once the thing takes an action uh which most of its actions are either regular physical attacks or hp having the hp of every of every character on the screen including itself Uh, we learn the thing's name is Deus. Yes, because it says its name as it's like its attacks don't have names. It just says that. Yeah, just in, in the same way that it does with a, with any other any other character. So the unique thing about that HP having thing, did you mention that it also cuts its own HP in half? Yes. Okay. Should we read that? Do we read into that as then Deus does not give a shit about taking damage because it doesn't matter, or it's crazed, or it just doesn't know what it's doing, or it's malfunctioning? Like what is happening here? Uh. I think it knows it can regenerate itself. Okay. Because it doesn't even... Of what we know about it, I think, maybe. And I think the strategy here is to, I guess... This is the only strategy as far as The only strategy is to wait until it has low enough HP for you to do that damage. It has 40,000... It starts with 40,000. If you let it have itself three times, that gives it 5,000. Yeah. And then System Id will dispatch that, I think, in one combo. Yeah, about 6,000. But But you don't know that. The first, like, I lost to this... A lot. Oh, when Eric, I was a kid. <laughs> is I your lo- problem? <laughs> I lost a lot, and and not necessarily for the same reason you did. I lost a lot because of something that I've discovered through both uh, the internet and from the help of our patrons. Yeah. In our Discord server that you can get access to if you go to Patreon.com/slash/RetroIM and listen to us record live. But I learned about the Deus Softlock. The Deus Softlock. Oh dear. That happens during. Any type of emulation or on the PS3. You say this happened to you back in the day, or it happened? No, okay. It, it does not happen on original hardware. It'll happen on PS3. It'll happen on emulation. So, the thing will occasionally do its physical attack, and the name of the boss will appear on the screen. It'll say Deus, and it'll the camera will swing to the gear that it's going to attack. Mm-hmm. But then the game just fucking just idles right there. Forever. When you say emulation, do you mean through PS Classic or through EPSXE Anything. or any any kind of emulation? Yeah, it, it's is just docu- like a- it is documented on any kind of emulation and PS3. Chris, how'd you beat this game? Uh, well, I just uh, save stated every time the thing halved HP. Yeah. I save stated. Did you have multiple save state files struggling around so you didn't get no, fucked or did no? Just well, yeah, I, I do. I have like ten. The PS Classic interface has ten slots, but. It's random when it does it. So oh, okay. sometimes it will do a physical attack and it will just it, it will just go out just perfectly fine. 
but occasionally it will happen and it will softlock the game. I so, didn't know that. We should have uh, maybe told patrons or listeners about that on episode zero uh, <laughs> when Fible Ways to play well, this video game. I think it, it, it's well documented on the internet. So if it's softlock, all you have to do is just save state on the exact, every time it has HP. And then it, if it locks, then just go back to that point sure. because the RNG is not seated at the beginning of the battle. It's seated like... It's procedural as yeah, it goes on. Yeah, so it's totally fine just to do it. So back in the day, you handled this okay, though? Because I lost a lot to this. Oh, but I, have, I have no memory, no memory of doing of this back in the day. I remember yeah. it being extraordinarily hard. Yeah. Because I didn't understand what it was doing or how to pro- or like how much HP it had. Like, you couldn't just Google the HP amount. Yeah, you hadn't had taken math yet. I guess if you noticed that it did 20,000 damage to itself and then 10,000, you could probably put together yeah, what it was doing. that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. Before you kill him, he, uh, at least in my game, he responded by 1 HPing Sidon. Oh. Like bring him down to 1 HP, and then he made the Rankar Dragon noise. Uh, and then evaporated. Yeah. Once he evaporates, he looks like a sort of a, like outside of the battle sequence, he looks like a, a, a husk or a lifeless yeah, shell. like you've just further kicked the rotting corpse. In Faye, I, I think he's supposed to be, like, terrified here. Yeah, and is this- he, he says that was the ultimate power, but it, I read it as, like... That was the ultimate power? Yeah. And what the fuck, dude? Like, I think that's supposed to be serious fear and intimidation, yeah. but I read it as, we just fucking tore that thing up. I mean, except for you, Sidon, but I... Yeah. Face says, eventually says, this partially rotted thing eventually self-disintegrated, and then it just kind of moved on. Like, yeah. this wasn't the ultimate thing to seek. This was an obstacle along the way. Yeah, and then we get some, like, CG doors. Yeah. A wide-eyed Veltal 2 enters a dark structure, does a cool jump move, and then looks around and discovers two parallel save cubes. Yes, huge ones. Yep, giant like, ones, even bigger than the Anima Relic ones. Yes. And uh, he says, we came to an enormous cavern that was big enough to swallow the whole capital of Ave. And... At that point within the game engine, we see the bottom of these two enormous save point looking things that I think are supposed to strike fear in you or at least strike wonder in you. Any kind of object that is like there's a point where comically huge is funny, but like, yeah, five X size is just terrifying. No matter what it is, like a mushroom, a praying mantis, like a fucking spider, any of that shit. Like if you if you if I came down here and your microphone was six times regular size, I would fucking leave. Yeah. (laughs) I can't deal with that. Yeah, everybody, uh, the, the, the character sprites are tiny at this point in time because they're out of their gears and tiny sighting. I couldn't tell what was going on in my game. I was like, is that a person up next to this computer console? Yeah. Eventually it zoomed in and you tell it is sighting. Yeah, there. it was tiny sighting working on a computer. Is he, I guess he's required here because he seems important at this point yeah. in time. I didn't try to take him out because he's, I just wanted to have him with me. But Bart, I had Bart with me and Bart and Faye standing like they're, they're standing there and I, they, they say nothing, but I'm probably, I, I, I'm reading them as being totally in all of everything at this, yeah at this point taken time. aback by this cavernous thing with floating objects we learn the that these things are the source of divine wisdom this is raziel's tree and we already talked about the etymology of raziel which i wrote down here apparently that i forgot but did you notice that the two different save points have different designs yeah. within them? yeah they're different it looks like hieroglyphics on them the one on the left looks like the path of sephiroth Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And the one on the right looks like two stone tablets. I'm not sure if that is explicitly a reference to the Ten Commandments, but two stone tablets and the Path of Sephiroth are both have relationships to Jewish mysticism. So perhaps, maybe, who knows? I also saw like blueprints of humans in some of those. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of like it looked like that thing they put on the Pioneer uh, 
not probe, but some kind of satellite that just exited our solar system recently. Yeah. Initializing fake It was Voyager. It carried a phonograph record, a 12-inch gold-plated copper disc containing sounds and images selected to portray the diversity of life and culture on Earth. Yeah. Like that thing that's on there. Speaking of Raziel. Yeah. Do you remember the actual first time we heard the term Raziel? It's the opening movie, right? In the opening movie, we heard the, the line Alpha 1 to Raziel Central. Alpha 1 to Raziel Central. Access confirmed. During the crash of this, of the ship that we're on now. Yeah. So now we're finally able to form what was happening in that anime intro. Did you, you think that you remembered that kind of stuff? Like, oh, back then? I know that I didn't remember the, like the term Raziel and that it was part of that, I mean, but, but did you know, did you realize that you were on the ship that you saw in the intro or had you maybe forgotten about that? I knew it that? was the ship, the Raziel Central thing, no way. Yeah, there's no way either. There's no, I mean, I, you know, there's no YouTube in 98. I probably, I can imagine that I put disc one back in and watched the anime cutscene. Mm-hmm two or three times because that was high quality anime for yeah. what was available then yeah on a playstation disc of all things next the computer room thing that rises into the air as if Saiten is about to take over the world but he's not uh he, he says that he found the unthinkable when accessing the data which somehow he, he knows how to do i don't know how he knows how to i i, I guess the technology from here has dispersed throughout the world here so he knows how to use the computer is yeah. that is that why language is the same i I I think we're not supposed to think about that i'm thinking about it i'm sorry (laughs) i guess we speak the same language as our forebears that's right yeah i guess so we see on this giant screen here we see like humans and maybe this weird creature looking thing it kind of looked like the what were the things that we fought in the uh in the soil system the malik were those the malik or the the organ meat yeah orphan no, or the, the thing that was close to that? The thing that, that Ellie fed the blood to. Was that was that a Malik? No memory. Save me, Fignet. No. Do you remember when Ellie fed the blood to the thing? No. The sword. She took the blood. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yes, yes. Those was things. that the Malik? I don't know. Initializing real net. Initializing real net. It was the Sufal mass. Oh, okay. It looks yep, kind of like that. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Alter Impulse. There's this huge, like, blue terminal screen, and a line that we hear in the narration is a large unmanned strategic weapon and its battalion of terminal interface weapons traveling from star system to star system and a gargantuan mothership used to carry them. The Eldridge. It is indeed the Eldridge. The creation of the Malak Angel, God's army to reign over the vast universe with, and the construction of a divine ark. Those weapons were called Yabe. Is that a mistranslation? Like, I already thought they deleted Yahweh from this game. The Interplanetary Invasion Weapon System. Yeah, uh, interesting fact about that. Richard Honeywood suggested that maybe perhaps we shouldn't call that Yahweh, because it was Yahweh in the original yeah, script. right. And they ended up changing it to Deus in, like, they ended up changing Yahweh to Deus in both the English yeah. and the Japanese He's version. Like, you can't fucking sell this game if it's called yeah. Yahweh on this. Let's but, cancel Zenosaga to do that. Yeah, he left a subtle reference to that. Oh, through this? As Yabe. Okay, yeah, I see. That's how that happened when, when the game was localized. This weapon system is what the Gazelle Ministry was pursuing. Yes, indeed. There's also a... Um, we see, like, the, that screen kind of... The slide, somebody's pressing space bar on yeah. the PowerPoint forward, here. Forward, forward, forward. Until it finally stops on an organism that we saw in the anime intro. Mm-hmm. It says they're on the verge of accessing the Zohar, which 
to me, it appeared to be the save glyph with the eye of Illuminati dollar shit all over it. Yeah, and when it's when it's giving you here, remember in the in the anime intro, we saw like a a embryo looking item, the yeah. thing that was that triggered the, the the taking over the ship. We see that on that on that screen here. And yeah, we are on the verge of accessing the data, an object called Zohar, the central neural circuit and the power source controlling the entire system yeah. from the weapons of the mothership. It's the source of, it's like a nuclear reactor, but it's actually just this thing. Yes. Some sort of uh, of power system here. So, wow, that's that's all a big bunch of lore that we're getting here. Surely yeah. nothing's going to interrupt this. It's the biggest bunch of lore we've had since we talked to Old Mason for the first time, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so we just had a big boss fight too, so we're maxed. Surely yeah. they wouldn't throw another boss at us sure, without yeah, it's a, ti- it's time to a go save home. point coming Let's up. Let's go home. Let's leave all this information and, and construct a new plan. But suddenly he appeared, a Groff's gear and many other sprites of gears yeah. lower into the scene. And what's different about Groff's gear here than, well, than in the past? I, I couldn't tell what was happening, whether his gear was like being reflected and mirrored, if there were multiple Groff's gears, because it was slow, so low res, you can't tell what necessarily is floating down here. And I didn't... I thought I saw Groff's gear, but the first person to talk is somebody else. But who did you think? What, what's the difference with Groff's gear? The the bat wings are extended. Oh yeah. Do you remember when the last time we saw bat wings? Yeah, when it saved Vierge during the, the Nissan, or the Kislev bombing. The Kislev bombing, when Ellie was in trouble, somebody or something stopped, swooped, swooped in and saved Ellie that had gears that, or excuse me, that had had wings protruding from the gear. I guess at that moment, we, we assumed it was some sort of uh, unconscious fay, but yeah. I think it was Lacan. Yeah, it was definitely, it appeared to be Lacan here. But again, do you have who speaks instead of Groff? It's Krellian. Krellian speaks. This matter is far too weighty for the likes of you. He knows what all this shit is. Yeah, he's like, I, y- you guys, I, I've been trying to get here for a while, and thank you. You've for- opened the door, thank you, and get the fuck out. You fought all the random battles that were cut from this game, and you have gotten us here. Thank so, you. But Groff's here, and he's not stopping Krellian. These fuckers team up. Yeah, they they've kind of teamed up before. Like Groff was there to stop us when we were trying to get off Solaris. Yeah, and although there wasn't necessarily an interaction there, there they they seem like they've kind of teamed up. But they were neutral allies. Yeah, this at this point, yeah, you're probably right. It it is an a explicit team up here. Sighton says... That Either way, that's terrifying if they are. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah, it is kind of terrifying. Especially because Groff has mostly been like, as we've read him as like an agent of chaos. Of yeah. Some sort. Like, I'm, I'm here to unlock your power. I don't care about the rest of the ship. But Sighton says he's got to go get the, the data. Yeah. You guys hold him off. So that makes me think that Sighton is mandatory here. So Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I always had sight in my party. If he's not, if, if we can't hold him off, then he's going to blow the fucking place off. So despite just figuring this out... What all this stuff is, Faye vows to protect this data with his life, which is a very Faye move to yeah. just instantly go all in on whatever the objective is. Yeah, Faye is, uh, he's, so he, he loves data. We, he loves uh, hacking. The Raziel data. And this to me says that we've reached the critical lower point where people are throwing out random terms like it has any meaning. Yeah. Which I don't, Dude Where's My Car isn't a great movie, but half that movie is focused around finding the quote, continuum transfunctioner. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> Yeah. Might as well be whatever this is, yeah. right? Like, it's kind of a, we're just talking about nonsense lore terms we just invented. Not on a, yeah, definitely on a, on a first playthrough, it could very easily feel like a nonsense lore terminology here, but on a reviewing of this, then perhaps maybe it, it feels like it's an intelligently woven story, but yeah. originally, eh, perhaps not. So, before the battle starts, Groff, he doesn't ask for shit. He wants no. nothing. He has he no, just, he has no... Hanging out. He has no dialogue. If we speculate for a moment, why is Groff here? 
there is an opportunity to capitalize on an object or person he desires or protect a person from doing something else to a different person. Okay. Yeah. It, That's yeah. the best I can do. I don't yeah. actually know his motivations, but he's afraid someone will lose control in a bad way. Yeah, that's, that's true. the most optimistic outlook I have for that. Other than uh, this is going to be a shit show. I want to go watch that. Yeah, that seems to be his purpose thus far. But we have seen this like at least a couple of times we've seen this like somber version yeah. of Groff where he's this like, too is his redemption arc. Yeah, sort of. So and far. So the battle starts and he kills Bart. Yeah, he killed Bart immediately. It made a unique crumple noise. Well, no, he didn't kill. He killed uh, whoever else I had. but then. Bart attacked him, and then he just kept his arms crossed the entire time, and yeah. then he did a dance move on Bart's head. Did you get that? For me, he just, like, I had, I had Faye and Bart in this battle, and, and he okay. just... He just... Wiped them? Wa- he, well, he wiped, Faye, he wiped Bart instantly, and then I went system in, and I was like, oh, this is one of those battles that you're not supposed to win. You can win, but yeah, you're not I was going to say, do you... I have a whole strategy here about how to win it, because I was looking up later, and I was like, you fucking win that yeah our uh let's give a brief shout out to our patron alter impulse uh who recently won this battle oh i was gonna say on the stream yeah that's pretty impressive because i looked at the list you gotta have like a bunch of magnetic coats trader card all that stuff jesse cannon blah blah everybody gets the hyper mode it appears to be a a strange thing but if you win you get the slayer robe which has 108 defense wow that's your rare drop i like it when games have unwinnable battles that you can also win yeah yeah, it's it, it's a nice touch. Something here that's interesting. That's the first time we 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 know what the title of Groff's gear is. Yeah, the Alpha Veltal. Yeah, that's uh, fucked up, isn't it? That would be a cool like hint or cool spoiler if we didn't already know who Groff was. Right. Like if we had if we got to do this a little bit early, then that would have been a nice little bit like, whoa, what the fuck? That'd been a, a nice moment. Yeah. If we didn't already know, already know the spoiler, I am Omega Veltal. Indeed. So. Post battle, Groff's music finally playing. It's playing. Yeah, Faye Tebow poses next to his gear. Yeah, he's taking the knee. I I, I wrote Kaepernick, but okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, yeah, Faye's more of a Tebow instead of Kaepernick. Yeah, come let's, on. let's be honest. Groff, who I thought was good now, says this is all we can take and asks if we're frustrated. He says it's natural and that we're imperfect. Yeah. The um, absence of wrath is an impediment to you utilizing your true so, strength. Fuck off, man. That's that, that's intense. Yeah, I think we. I just accidentally discovered what Groff is doing here when he yeah. says he says it's natural that we're imperfect. Does he know that we're in imperfect contact? And what happens when an imperfect contact makes contact with something? Yeah, like that could be the reason that he is here. Is he's trying to save us from doing something? Oh, stupid. he's saving us from ourselves. Yeah, from wow. following his path. Yeah, perhaps. And, and he he externalizes that by essentially letting Faye know that in order to truly own yourself. Like own your own your own self. You have to own others. Yeah. Like fighting is the only way to express yourself. A, a great line. It is this very sublimation that draws out the hidden powers within oneself. When wrath appeared in your heart, the machine responded, didn't it? Did it not? And he's talking about id there, right? Yeah. Like wrath. Like phase wrath is his id, right? And he yeah. doesn't have that anymore. Technically, I mean not. Not he has system uncontrolled. Yeah. yeah, he has system in, but he doesn't have the real id. And Faye, Faye tries to push back on Groff's concepts here, and all he all he can do is say, you're wrong. Yeah. He has nothing else to add. And no. It, that's fine, because Groff's like, you know what? Groff's Mother- saying, Go ahead. He's saying poetic shit. He says you, your power is a dream within a dream. Yeah. Which means he's locked it down. Uh, and, and he's like going he's like being Shakespearean he says the drive to massacre and annihilate the compulsion to destroy your opponent yeah like just going on and on about this shit when Faye's like 
Can we go? Can we go? It's it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he eventually tells him he's going to take a soul and draw its power to the limit. Hell yeah, dog. And the scene pans back a bit, and we see Krellian plus a Pope-ass guy. Yeah, Red Pope. I, I thought maybe it was the Executioner, but it's not. Rito Pope. No, it's got like similar, I think it may be the, sim- the same pixels, yeah. same sprite, but recolored, palette swap. Krellian says enough, and the music stops. It says enough like Raiden says enough in Mortal Kombat. Uh, he says he is bait, and he, Krellian still needs Faye to draw someone out. I think, is this the point where he starts talking about, like, birds and stuff? Little birds? Yeah, about uh, something referencing to a bird, but... He gets very villainous here. He kind of gets angry at Groff, too. Like, my note is, Krellian says Faye is bait, and not to kill Groff, and not to kill the bait, you fucking idiot. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I added the fucking idiot, but, like... I think Krellian witnessed Groff getting super Shakespearean with the need to annihilate and destroy and then, like, knows what happens when this fucker starts talking about yeah, this shit. but and, maybe this is the point. And Groff, uh, also, it's important to note that Krellian calls Groff by his real name. He calls him Lacan. Yeah, dude, right in front of him. Which is that an is, insult? I think it's a fucking power move. Yeah. And and then Krellian sort of gets, like, he, he doesn't want to be out dramatized by Groff. And he's like, we shall crucify them. Yes. In the land of Golgotha to the west of here, collect all the broken gears. Do you know what this is? Golgotha? Golgotha? Well, I mean, I, I know what that is, but do you know what this, do you know why we're crucifying somebody? Well, I... Because Takahashi wanted to crucify somebody in this video game. That's, that is the only reason. That's probably the correct reason, but I think maybe we can talk about the, the symbolism of so crucifixion yeah, later. They say Golgotha. What is, what is Golgotha actually supposed to be? Uh, it's a mistranslation of Golgotha. Where's Golgotha? Uh, Golgotha is the place where Christ was crucified. Right. Uh, it is Aramaic. The Golgotha. A what? A shit demon. For skull. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. I, I remember from our Catholic education as it being translated as place of the skull. But when I looked it up, when I looked it up recently, it was, uh, it was called just skull. Well, hey, Jesus has changed a lot in 20 years. That's true. Uh, also, this... This site is also called, I think in Greek, it's called Cavalry. In, oh, really? In the Gospels. But, in Go- but originally in Aramaic, it was, it was Golgotha. So, yeah, it is, it is an explicit biblical reference. Yes. So, we're back to Nissan, right? We're back to Nissan. Okay. It's Margie Ellie's perspective. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Margie's standing there. She's seemingly tending to the people that are slowly mutating to wells. Yeah. Yeah, they're still treating the sick in the conference room, that, that one house we all talk in at Nissan some, at some point. Ellie appears to be narrating, and she appears to be losing some hope here. Yeah, this is where I noticed the faces of those people look like Deus's face. Oh. A little bit. Shit. Like, I don't know if that's just a lack of pixel density, or if yeah. that's actually supposed to be, like, they're mimicking what they're supposed to be a part of. Maybe. How rotted and just hideous they look. Uh, one of the lines that struck me with Ellie was, like some eternal nightmare that made me wonder just how long we would have to keep on nursing them. Jesus. Margie asked if Ellie, if she's okay. Yeah, I was like, go take a fucking break. Go take a walk. Like, yeah. Ellie's clearly, I think, losing, not sleeping, being very dedicated to this. Ellie says she just wants to stay busy, which I feel hey, you, girl. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Feel you right now. Yeah. I'm so happy to be recording this podcast again. Uh, Margie notices that uh, Ellie has the pendant. Hey, you've got that pendant. Oh, yeah. They yeah. gave me this. Yeah. Where, what Do you know what this is? It's got uh, this symbol on it. What is uh, this? Yeah, I don't know. Is it, could I be Sophia again? But, what is this? But Ellie's like, I gotta go check on the mutation well, suppression I mean, stuff. Margie says what the pendant is. Yeah, she knows. Yeah, okay. she knows. Yeah. All right. The pendant of Nissan. But I don't, but Ellie didn't know that before. 
Right. I, I, I read this as Margie telling Ellie what that was. It, you know what's weird? What? Is that like that pendant is is pretty pronounced in Nissan. Like you see it yeah. on the buildings. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, it is part of the concrete like foundation of stuff. Yeah. She look, and then she says she looks like Sophia when she wears it. Yeah. And Ellie has a premonition that is preceded by the spooky noise. Yeah, she blacks out. And she knows something bad has happened to Faye and the others. And guess what? She's right. Yeah, the pendant kind of stops penduluming and flies off. Mm-hmm. So, then we're... Uh, Ellie's in the chair? Or is she in the chair or is she just narrating? Uh, I've got Ellie, chair, pendant, lost, broken shards. I think she's in the chair. Shattering egg of dreams. So, Ellie has decided to ascend somehow to Shavat. Yeah, she goes to Shavat. I guess Vierge can fly up there. Sure. Uh, I mean... She no, she did the bad. Like in the full version of this game, you got to go Babel Tower. Ellie oh, Solo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellie Solo, complete the jumps again. No, master. We, we, no, you got to go with Ellie Rank and Helmholtz. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the remake. Do they, you really want yeah. the remake? Do yeah. you really want Rank in your party, people? Okay, so party people. Party. Oh, he oh. finds a uh, transmission from Krellian, baiting her to Golgotha to save Faye. Indeed. Why did he send that to? What? Like what? I, why the, what? Did she need to go to Shavat? Like, Shavat has fuck? email. Yeah. Okay. Shavat's got email. Oh no! Shavat has something else that she uh, needs. To- no, she's yeah. She's got the Omni gear. Yes, that gear that she refused to pilot is situated in Shavat. Yes. Can we talk about this Omni gear briefly? El Regers. El Regers. Regulators. El Regulators. Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too. I don't think we see it at this point in time, but let's Not talk yet. about it real quick. Yeah. It looks like the Vierge in a uh, Hawaiian Aloha skirt. Oh, God, Chris. Thank you for ruining that. But yeah, you're right. It, it looks like a better version. It, it's not a dramatic remake as the other Omni Gears have. Uh, also, she still potentially has Vierge available. It's not like it mutated like the other Gears did. Yeah, exactly. Because this one this one had already aligned yeah. with Sophia originally. Because, I mean, Faye and, and Ellie don't have Omni Gears because, in Ellie's case, the Omni Gear was the, the the alignment had already occurred. Yeah. So what I mean in the in the Gazel's scenario, they needed all all these alignments to occur, but like several of them had yeah, like Groff and etc. had 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 occurred. In the they past. had pre-installed their video game. Indeed. So the reason why she got this this time is she said her fear was replaced by a need to rescue her friends. Indeed. More Sophia taking over. Yes. Uh, th- at that point, I think the the screen changes and Ellie's in front of a JPEG. Yes. Uh, with her new gear. It's her new gear, and then other gears leaving Shavat. But what are these other gears? Do they, you recognize them? I think they're EG Blades. It's Wan Knight. Uh, EG, oh. Yeah, it's like, it is the Proud Boys gears. It is indeed, yeah, because that those are the guys who show up to talk to Ellie, and they doth protest. Quit, Chris, from memory, name the Proud Boys. Uh, Rank. I'm, I'm co- Chris's I'm, eyes are closed. I'm covering my eyes because yep. I have my nose in front of me here. Yep. Uh, Rank, Helmholtz, Vance, Breuer... And is that it? No, there's, I think there's one more, and you just named all the ones that I knew. Um, I think it, that might be it. Is there five or four? Don't know. Okay. Who knows? Fake net. Initializing fake net. You forgot Stratsky. So anyway, Rank says, everyone is depending on you for their spiritual support. Rank, get a fucking therapist. Yeah, dude. Like this, the way you feel about, I mean, he's, he's kind of right, though. I mean... Rank is kind of right that everyone's depending on Ellie for spiritual support. I mean, like she's becoming a figurehead of an entire religion. That yeah, I mean that 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 is true. But like, I think we need to get beyond like having spiritual figureheads. We need to direct action. I mean, l- listen to what she's saying 
It's within you. Not without, not, not don't externalize your, your faith. Oh, the force was in us all along and it's not predestined? It's gnosis, Eric. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Gnosticism. God is within you. You're, you're, you're Captain Gnostic. Chris. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I've just yes. played all the Xenosaga games. Uh, yeah. So, then Breuer says, why do you do so much for him? And she says a line that was definitely written by a man. She says, I guess it's a woman's prerogative to be selfish, perhaps. Yeah. I don't like this line. It sounds like, like I said, it, it sounds like somebody's, mm, what's the right word here? The, somebody's ideal vision of a woman, of, of, of what a woman should be. Yeah, this is what I've written in my journal about what my ideal lady is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't love it. I don't love the line. She kind of has some independence though later, some agency, right? Where she says that she's not a holy woman and that she has flaws. She can love masses of people and also just one person. Yeah. She's in supreme bliss when she is with Faye. Yeah. What? 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 Is this the fucking gospel of John here? I mean, like... Deep cut, Chris. What's the gospel of John? The gospel of John is the... The The flowery gospel? Is probably, yeah, it's probably the most poetic version of the, of the canonical gospel companion piece to revelation right giving what i have to him and receiving what he gives to me we become one flesh that is the moment i am at most peace is that an orgasm i i think i'm pretty sure that's what that is it's either an orgasm or some gospel of john like one flesh oh shit. one like body that, yeah. that's alluding back to the sex scene to where yeah. it's like it's making sex seem more like more than what it the actually is spice it, girls to become one yeah exactly it is my it is my prerogative as a woman, to simply want to save the man I love. And Ellie, it is your prerogative to save the man you love. But it's not necessarily, like, fuck off with, like, as a woman shit. Yeah. Like, it's just your prerogative. Yeah, you don't need to do it as a woman, you can do it as a human being. Yeah, again, a- another line that was written by a man for a woman, which is... I mean, that's very like, 90s melodrama too, right? It is, it is. Like, I you just, would expect more of games today, but... Yeah, but, you know, it is so, 2020, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna think <clears throat> about it in 2020 terms. I think Helmholtz and Vance are like, this is a trap. Yeah. This is, this is a fucking trap. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to care about that. No. No, she, at this point, she is overcome. <laughs> again, maybe I didn't write this down, but like, again, maybe this is the, uh, the, the over-emotional woman trope here coming to life. Yeah. And yeah. she cannot listen to reason and she must go after. Or maybe it's just because it's her particular uh, destiny as, a, as the Sophia figure to, to go do this. Don't they... Krellian said come alone and didn't they offer to go with her as well but she's insistent on it just being her yeah. or else something will happen to Faye she doesn't yeah. want to compromise the situation yeah so that's her moment of supreme bliss Chris what's your moment of supreme bliss and don't say anything to do with your kids my moment of supreme bliss yeah. when are you in supreme bliss um, nothing fucked up and nothing uh, with to do with children because that's cheating yeah that is cheating shit man yeah when, are, when, when is Chris the happiest Okay, so independent of like family life and stuff like that. Yeah, I- independent of anything real. Like, what superficial thing makes you the happiest? Like when it's seven forty-five in the morning mm-hmm. and no one is talking to me, <laughs> and I have coffee. That's pretty good. And maybe some eggs. That's yeah, coffee and eggs, and no one is talking to me. You get genuine <laughs> silence. Yeah, great. That's fucking crazy. I get that every day. Yeah, uh, am I supposed to ask you what your what, what your moment is? Oh, geez. Let's see. I only really feel great when I do one thing that's not real. Uh, when I finish a half marathon, when I stop running for about the first fifteen seconds. Oh, that's good. That's what you people do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's well, not necessarily a high. It's just more of a feeling of relief where yeah. I, don't to, I don't have to do this fucking shit anymore. 
So, that's, that's in the chapter, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is where our chapter ends for okay. this course. We will pick up with Promised Land next time. Yeah, we're going to the Promised Land. The yeah, land. that's where we're going. Yeah, we are going there, it's I guess. It's definitely better than Paradise. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I don't think it is, Eric. All what right. say, Chris? Go God, where, where Christ died is somebody's Promised Land. That's some metal shit, by the way. Now let's consult the real net, Eric. Initializing real net. Uh, this is a good comment from Alter Impulse. Uh, on, on the graph sequence relating to Saiten. Saiten is not mandatory, but he comes in anyway to, to do the computer. So I guess that means that when you fight the optional Alpha Veltal battle, because I, t- I brought Saiten with me, and then I only had two party members in the battle. So I guess you have to bring... I, I had Billy with me. I don't know why I didn't have Saiten or did why you I get, Did you have all three party members with you in that battle? I want to say, yeah, because I had Bart... My notes had references to Bart and Billy, and then Faye had to be there, right? Yeah, so you so must have not brought say with, Yeah, I don't want to say with absolute certainty, but I think that's the way it was. Interesting. In okay, so I, I guess you can't like, really win that battle at all if you bring Sighton in your party because he's going to be removed from it. Carfo likes the reveal that Groff had saved Ellie back in Nortune. And yeah. if you remember the conversation between Groff and Miang on Krellin's ship, uh, they offer, also referenced that there as well. Oh, yeah, right. I like foreshadowing that isn't referenced a billion times and then pays off 50 hours later like that. Miang says to Groff, yes, I must thank you. After all, you did help me, didn't you? Was it for me or was it for him or for yourself? Miang, uh, Miang says that to Graf, asking if he saved Ellie because she, uh, because she needs her or because he needs her or if he did that because of Lacan's relationship. Does that happen Sophia. now or is that later? I don't sure. think Miang's in any of these scenes. I think that was in the past. Oh, in, in the, the past, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carfo says Billy would do the Tebow. Yeah, right. Billy would absolutely do the Tebow. <laughs> yes. uh, Alter Impulse says, uh, I like this, uh, that uh, that line about how Ellie's in Supreme Bliss makes uh, him uh, giggle snort. Yeah. I like, I just like, I just want to say giggle snort out loud. Good old GS. Faye is an 18 year old on SSRIs and he's not going to be a great lay at that point. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he that had to last 18 seconds. Like, yeah. What? I mean... Probably. Did I do it right? Yeah. I mean, she probably doesn't know either. And of course, some additional comments here from Alter Impulse about, uh, it's your usual JRPG trope. It is a girl's destiny to get kidnapped, which is Yeah, kind of that's absolutely true. What we're, what we're heading to. Thank you, RealNet. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the outtakes. This episode is a production of Retrograde Amnesia. Thank you, Eric, for all your, all your hard work editing the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Mark, Shepherd. for the intro track. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash retroam. Get early access, bonus episodes, miniseries, and more. Find us on Twitter at RetroAmnesiaPod. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will help people discover the show. If you have questions or feedback, email the show at RetroGradeAmnesiaPodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to the real net for joining us tonight. And until next time. Yes, we will kill God. And now you may go back to sleep. And push all the right buttons. Oh, there it goes. Hey. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? Okay, let me make sure I can see my notes. In fact, I was on a video chat with somebody the other day. And they saw this microphone in front of me when I was talking to them. And they're like, are you a DJ? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm a podcaster about classic Japanese RPGs. And she was like, 
That sounds interesting. I should listen to that. And I was like, no, no. you shouldn't. <laughs> hey, Eric. Hey, Chris. How's it feel? The world right treat now? Treat me like you do. Oh, boy. And then Ellie goes on to explain that she once mistook the fact that she used Faye to run away from her problems. She mistook the fact that she... Try that one again, Chris. Gonna try it again, because I wrote it down very awkwardly. <clears throat> yeah, and it says that... Uh, Hewlett Packard Lovecraft, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why that ended me. Uh, so... He's done. <laughs> I meant to tell you about something, that I wanted to win an eBay auction for a GameCube Game Boy player. Did I send it at that... <laughs> At that exact minute, the DMX just played in our podcast. Oh, I, I, I totally forgot about that. It's not the first time. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. It's over $20. Sorry. Okay. Well, congrats, Eric. Did you have this cavern was described as being bigger than all of Ave? I just said that, Eric. Shit. A lot of nurses in our country are uh, out, saying that right shout now. Shout out yep. to the frontline medical workers right now, by the way. Or this is being recorded on March 25th. Uh, so... March hope it's better now. I hope it's better now. It will. It'll be better now. We're going to make it. Thank, thanks to the coronavirus. Uh-huh. And I don't want to minimize that, but like, thanks. Like, Yeah, be careful with what you're about to say here. No. You don't want this played back to you when you're... Uh... The, the, the circumstances of the coronavirus have granted me that because I don't have a commute anymore. Oh, okay. Why did I say it like that? Yeah, you said like you're joining a commute. <laughs> commute. Commute. I don't have a commute anymore, so I can... I, I and I don't have to drop my kids off because they're here because my wife's teaching. Yeah. She doesn't work now because schools are closed here. So I just get to get up, make my coffee, pour it, sit at the table, take a few sips, then come down. Stare just, into space. Stare into space. Then I come down here to this basement and do my day job. So goddamn. Okay. I've dry heaved next to an unloading school bus before, but oh, that <laughs> yeah, was fucked up. The the father made the child look away from me. Yeah, when he was picking it. <laughs> don't don't look at that man. Carfo says, on a side note, he'd love a podcast about Evangelion. Oh boy. Uh there's there's some good ones out there. I mean, it, I would. I don't feel emotionally qualified to talk about Evangelion. Like, I feel like I need to ingest more anime before I can properly evaluate what's going on there. Even though I've watched it a bunch and listened to a bunch of podcasts about it yeah um like it's too much for me i feel like i'd rather do a g1 transforms podcast than that man i that would descend into hell that that is that'll yeah i mean one day i could i am more intellectually equipped to deal with that than if i'm yeah because it is meant for children <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking it would just be fun, a fun thing to to do yeah, to talk totally. about uh, be, to be a lens into whatever is on our minds. Did it play Groff Emperor of Darkness? It didn't. It did not. It did not. I'm thinking about it. I'm sorry. And now the retrograde amnesia theater presents. Chris receives birthday presents from Eric he did not ask for, and does not want. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So this came out of my personal funds. Chris posted a picture of our podcast studio and, and how shitty it looked. And I thought we need some art that really symbolizes something both of us love. So I bought this on eBay, Chris, for you. I'm handing Chris a package that I've wrapped. Oh, okay. Chris, open up that open up that art and tell me what you see. 
This is uh I paid real money for that. This is the is this the second time the second time in as many recordings that I've had to open a package or maybe the perfect works I opened the, the yes, document. Yes, you open up the works. box. The perfect yeah. works, patrons. Uh, you just tear it. You just tear into that thing. It's in a big giant garbage. Should I bag. wash my hands after I open this? Um, maybe possible. Okay, but Eric's providing Chris artwork. Is, yeah, Chris is going to hang that up in our studio. Yes, our studio, which is uh, really half it's of the, the basement. Yeah. I didn't ask Chris' wife's about this home decor option. Oh my god! That's right, sir. What is that? Hold on, I'm going to just going, I'm going to describe it in detail. It is a it is a framed picture of, and I, and I'll put for those of you listening live. I'll post this later. Of the bouncer. It is a. It looks like it is a, a two page magazine spread. Yeah, of like the bouncer graffiti. What is the what is the bouncer's name? Sion. Sure. Sion. Ask me anything about the bouncer. <laughs> uh, this is tremendous. I, 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 wow. Squaresoft, pick a world, we'll take you there. That's the, the, the motto here. Chris, Teen animated violence. This is beautiful. The bouncer let Chris down quite a bit at one, one point, and then it became kind of a running joke on our old podcast because Chris sold it, and I had to buy him a new copy to replace the one that he sold. Yeah, I think I have two of them now. Yes, I think I have, have a Japanese a... And, a, and a US one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the bouncer let me down tremendously. I thought it was going to be awesome, and it was not awesome at all. Chris, what event happens every April? Uh, my birthday. Chris, here's another package for oh. you. It's, it, it's not April yet. Well, I don't know if we're going to do this podcast again. Yeah, this podcast is being recorded on uh, March 25th. Happy birthday. This is now just Chris opening shit the podcast. Uh, hey, uh, guess, uh, guess what it is, guys? What'd you get, Chris? Uh, it's, a, it, it's a copy of The Bouncer. <laughs> Where's it from? Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a pal copy. It's a pal of- copy of The Bouncer. Now I have all three. Are there any other, was this game released in any other territories? No. As far as I could tell. I've been oh. looking for that one for a while. Wow. Congratulations on all your bouncer paraphernalia, Chris. Your Thanks, favorite Eric. game. You're I, welcome. I really appreciate that. I really, really do. Wow. These objects you're cursed to have for the rest of your life. You can't sell somebody's present. Uh, you're right. I don't think I've ever sold a copy of the bouncer back that you've given me. That's I, good. I did sell my original copy because I wanted to get away from it. But I've okay. now given Chris three copies of the bouncer. Now, hey Eric. Hey Eric. Hey Eric. Hey Eric. Hey Eric.